From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Have you had enough winter yet? (laughs) We pray for rain and we got it. Uh, appreciate you all being with us. This is, indeed is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we are glad to welcome in Lauren Neff, who is the Advancement Director at Great St. John Vianney School. Lauren, good day to you. Hi there. How nice are, how are you doing? Thanks for how having are, me. How are things at St. John Vianney? Uh, today they are a little wet, <laughs> but um, overall very good. Our students just returned to campus yesterday after our Christmas break, and um, I think I missed the sound of the kids. Everyone seems yeah. really happy to be back. Yeah, and this is, of course, is in Rancho Cordova? Yes, we are in old Rancho Cordova. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very, very close to the American River Parkway um, in a great area of older Rancho, great trees, mm-hmm. beautiful community. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, those of us who grew up in this area uh, and have seen it grow so much, uh, we we do we do tend to refer to certain parts of towns as, oh, that's old such or this that's the new whatever you know. It's just amazing how things have changed over the years. And you're right, the older parts of town, you know them because the trees are so so mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have the campus we have and the location. Um, it's a great spot, and you can feel the, the legacy of the area along with our school. It kind of pairs nicely together. Tell us um, a little bit about uh, the, the history of the school. Right. So we are celebrating going into our 63rd oh, year wow. here in Rancho Cordova. Um, the school is definitely living its legacy. Um, just this fall, um, when our school year started, we were finally able to celebrate our legacy 60th year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think, <laughs> I... like everybody had their plans postponed for the past two years, we did as well. So in the fall, we celebrated um, our 60th with parishioners, with current families, with alumni families. We had a lovely catered barbecue under the big trees. Um, it was great to see some new faces and some old faces and, um, you know, kids running around playing games, families talking, little ones, older ones, and everything in between. It was really nice. I, I remember talking with uh, Jennifer Campbell, uh, who was running Camp Pandola. Uh, they tried for about three years to have their 60th uh, anniversary as well. Uh, right. Well, You know, we'll celebrate it whenever we are given the opportunity, and um, yeah, we just kept adding the years to it. So we're we're running into year 63, um, even though we just celebrated number 60, so it's okay. Boy, that's something. (laughs) 64, 63 years, that's, that's... Did kids get to get to school on horseback back then? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I think down the river. They just came on a boat, hopped off the river, went yeah. through the, the meadow there, and yes. then came right onto campus. Yeah, wow. That's, that's, that's impressive, though. And tell us, tell us a little bit about, about the school. Right. So today we are serving TK through 8th grade students. Mm-hmm. We have 10 classrooms. 
Uh, our TK class is welcoming students who are four years old, and we go all the way through eighth grade. And so we have the potential to have students here for 10 years, which is really a sweet opportunity to get to know the students, get to know their families, and to get to watch everybody grow mm -hmm. um, as young people um, over a span of potentially 10 years. It's really something we're very fortunate, very aware of. And um, so within our TK through 8th grade classrooms, we have such a really lovely, diverse group of students here that are just thriving in the school environment. Um, and I say that with some emphasis because school for students over the past couple of years has been just <clears throat> a little unexpected, perhaps, mm -hmm. um, with some bumps in the road. And at St. John Vianney, like many of our other Catholic schools, um, worked really hard to get students back into the classroom as soon as possible after COVID and to create that rhythm, that schedule that students thrive in. And so we're seeing that now this year in the 22-23 school year where students are definitely in their rhythm. They know what to expect again. The school year looks to be the normal school year that everyone was used to. And um, students are just happy to be back. We have sports that are back this year, which we're really happy about. We had a great volleyball season in the fall. Our basketball season is just kicking off this week. Those kids are just bursting with opportunity to get involved and participate and to mingle and to be students as we knew them in 2019. Um, it's, it's a busy campus, it's buzzing, and there is just a lot of goodness that is happening here for our students. So is the athletics, is that the, the PAL, and uh, you get to play other schools? Yes, that's correct. So our PAL is uh, suited for fifth grade through eighth grade students. Mm -hmm. And then for basketball specifically, our first through fourth grade students participate in the Little Dribblers program. So mm -hmm. we have like 90% of our students that are participating in athletics, where they're practicing, learning sportsmanship, learning skills, and then they do get to go to other schools and they get to compete against other students and learn what it is to be a good sportsman to the next player, regardless of what team they are on. Um, and then for our older students, um, definitely that competitive experience to uh, feel what it's like in a game environment mm -hmm. that is so fun to watch, to experience, to be a part of. It's good for everybody. I remember when my oldest daughter years ago was a, uh, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade, something like that, at St. James and Davis. And uh, uh, it's one of those things, uh, they needed a basketball coach, and I, I had uh, had a, a background in sports writing. I wasn't any good at basketball, but uh, it is, you know, the first person who stands out, oh, okay, you'll be the coach, you know. And, uh, <laughs> Did and, you raise your hand? Yeah, and we didn't. We didn't have a gym. We had the outdoor baskets, so we didn't have any. Yeah. We didn't have any home games, and because uh, the, the games were during the winter, you know, and so we would practice outdoors, and we we were the tough, hard scrabble kids, you know, and, and right. uh, we'd come into Sacramento, and I remember um, watching this one team warm up 
and they were I mean they were they were they were fun to watch just warming up you know and all wow. their shots were going and I I called our girls over and I said stop warming up just watch them <laughs> <laughs> so I think they beat us 42 to 3 but something like that but we had okay. it was a, you know it was a great experience um they um we never did have the thrill of victory and but but um they learned a lot of good lessons you know Absolutely, and kids are going to learn that over the years, participating in sports or the academic decathlon yep. or wherever they go in life that, um, cliche or not, winning is not everything. There's so many lessons to be learned in the failures along the way. Um, it's really good for the, the core moral person to understand both sides of athletics, competition, um, you know, trying new things. Yeah, yeah, it's good for everybody, for sure. No, it really is. It, it really, really is. And uh, uh, like you, see, you know, I've I've always felt, uh, um, you know, that it, 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 even at the high school level, you know, uh, whether it's a Catholic high school or a public high school or whatever it is, uh, that uh, you know, if if we could get every kid involved in some extracurricular, whether it was mm -hmm. athletics, whether it was the the marching band, uh, uh, student government. Uh, the you know French club whatever it is absolutely you know just something because you you see you hear this about gangs that it's about belonging you know yeah. and and uh, I always I, I wish the, the football coaches would all get together and say hey we could take a couple of extra kids you know there's right. nothing like running out on the field or the court yeah. or and sure. and they playing the fight song and and you belong. You yeah, know, yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then you and do maybe if I loop that back to our school, you know, our school is not enormous by, by any means, but we are sizable enough to feel like a really big family. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this post-COVID life that we've all entered into is that you know we are hugging our family tighter. We're holding on to people closer. Right. We are appreciative of the parent volunteers, the extra things that people are picking up and doing. Um, we are really, really fortunate for the family that we have here at St. John Vianney. And um, it's, it was really evident here at the end of last year when we had our Christmas program that we hadn't had for two years. Uh, just seeing families together and happy and celebrating Christmas and just mm -hmm. being with one another, it's um, it's a really nice feeling to have a, a place to belong, as, as you said, um, and to teach kids that at a young age is, is really important, and you know, that definitely applies to our school, to our school family, as a place to belong as well. We're talking with Lauren Neff, who is the uh, Advancement Director at St. John Vianney uh, Elementary School in Rancho Cordova. Tell us uh, uh, a little bit about uh, COVID. First off, how it affected uh, the school, but then, then it, are there things that you learned from COVID that y y you're still doing just because they were the better way to do things, or, there, <laughs> or are things just back to the way they were uh, in 2019? Sure, yeah. So during COVID, <clears throat> our school, uh, obviously, like everybody else, closed the doors mm -hmm. on that Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. And yep. um, 
And then it seemed like our students went home with packets of information or packets for their, their grade level mm -hmm. to keep them engaged. And then we received Zoom links to jump in with our teachers that next week. <laughs> and um, I'll share just personally about me. At that time, I was just a parent. I was not on the staff. Mm -hmm. And to say that I was impressed is an understatement. Yeah. Um, I was really, really proud of the staff of just turning on a dime and being ready to serve the students uh, to keep them engaged during a very chaotic time, a time of uncertainty. So uh, the students of SJV continued with learning virtually um, until the fall of 20, uh, where they were welcomed back to campus under tight regulations, but back together nonetheless. Uh, students came back to campus in um, October of 20 and have been here ever since. Uh, there's been a lot of health parameters put into place like everybody is used to. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's something that we've kept is that the conversation about your individual hygiene and your cleanliness and how what you do impacts your neighbor at the desk next mm -hmm. to you, um, that has not gone away. And I, I love that. Yeah. My household. And yep. No, that's cool. a, it's a good lesson uh, to learn more than just health, but just that 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 your your actions in many 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 cases affect somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So the school's been and trucking along ever since. Um, difficult days, absolutely. Uh, challenging weeks, you bet. But um, the students are still on campus, and our parent community has really done an outstanding job of uh, keeping their kids as healthy as can be and communicating with the school about this, that, or the other so that, uh, you know, the majority of the school day can continue on without interruption. Uh, we've been really, really fortunate that our student body and our staff have uh, really remained healthy, generally speaking. Um, and uh, like I said, this year you can tell that things have kind of turned a corner and, and we're back into a rhythm of some sort of quote-unquote normal school year um, and looking forward to re-engaging in athletics and the extracurricular academic um, activities that are offered to the diocese. Uh, we're really looking forward to having our parents back on campus for all of our fundraiser events mm -hmm. and our auctions and um, doing things as we once knew them. Wow. It's, it, you know, it, it's the, the, I remember the Friday the 13th, March the 13th, well, you know, and so many mm -hmm. schools just shut down and, and sent the kids home and said, well, we'll be in touch. Um, uh, I knew one school, it was, a, it was about a month. You know, and, mm -hmm. and, and nothing happened during that month uh, right. uh, except a lot of sleeping in. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I understand everybody had different, different challenges and stuff, but the, to uh, go home on Friday and, and have a curriculum on Monday, uh, it reminds me of the, the Mercy Sisters when they first came to Sacramento. I think it was like 1857 or something, five or six of them came up the river from San Francisco. They were all from Ireland. And 
they got here on a Friday, and on Monday they had a school open. It, yeah. it, you know, so I guess we were just following in their footsteps. That makes sense, right here along the river. Yeah, right along it. the river. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's, so tell us a, a little bit about. Uh, I know community service is so so important in our Catholic schools, and I, I know that St. John Vianney is not an exception. Definitely. So service is part of our school's mission statement. Mm-hmm. We share this with our students, with our prospective families, with our current families, with our teachers. Right? This is part of our uh, daily bread and butter. Uh, to that, each grade level has a set number of hours that is appropriate for a four-year-old versus a 11-year-old. And uh, students can participate in service hours in a group, as an individual, with their adults. Um, perhaps a teacher might coordinate something that a class works on and then sends off a project to a particular organization or whatnot. But everybody's doing it, and we talk about the value we talk about the benefit, and we talk about how in your heart, in your soul, what it means to be a service person without being asked, without getting anything back in return. Mm-hmm. So um, our students are doing this, and I'm, I love that you asked this question because coincidentally, over the Christmas break, we had a kindergartner who initiated her service project to plant trees on our campus. Mm. So this kindergartner at a kindergartner level shared with her parents that she loved trees and she wanted to, you know, make her school beautiful. So her parents reached out to the city of Rancho Cordova, who then connected with the Sacramento Tree Foundation. Mm -hmm. And email, email, email. We now have three brand new trees planted on our campus. Oh, wow. Thanks, Thanks to this sweet kindergartner who <laughs> wanted to beautify her campus and give her service and a legacy of a tree. Um, and so we had folks here over the break that were digging in the, thankfully we had soggy soil then too, digging into the soil, putting these trees down in the ground, getting dirty, it was yep. cold, and now we have these great trees on campus and the sweet kindergartner, I don't even think she realizes you know, in eight years from now, she's going to stand next to this tree, and it's going to be big, and so is she. And I told her parents at the end of this, uh, the planting day, I said, I don't want to speed up time for you because this is your child, and, right. you know, cherish every moment, but I can't wait till she graduates and stands next to this tree and says, look what I did. And then you could say, look what you did. And Oh goodness! Everybody was in you know misty eyed, and it was it was a sweet moment. So, um, service is happening in big ways and little ways, and all of our students are doing this. And um, why not teach young people the value um, of what it means to do something for your neighbor? Yeah, and, and uh, just imagine—I mean, she's got, like you say, ten years. Uh, those trees are going to be different. You know, you can you can see the change not every day, but you can sure see it every year. And uh, Absolutely. and 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 
in the course of that year, the tree will change. You know, it'll bloom and leaf up and then lose its leaves, and depending on what kind of tree it is. Uh, do you know what yep. kind of trees she planted? Um, I have a version of a pine. Mm-hmm. I have a version of a maple and another one that does some beautiful spring white flowers that oh, I cannot really? recall the name. It sounds yeah, like so a the, magnolia or something. No, unfortunately not one of those. Oh, things, no. But uh, the Tree Foundation folks, they came out to campus and did a walk-around tour with Paolo Reale, who mm-hmm. um, oversees our grounds and the church grounds, and uh, they assessed together what would be best for this environment. We obviously want the trees to succeed, uh, so they made good choices as to what to plant that would be hardy enough and then fit in this climate to withstand the test of time. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's, you know, and, the, you know, it's just a, uh, everything is good about a tree. You know, there's just, you know, it's like, yeah. it's good for the environment. It's good for shade. It's good for beauty. It's, you know, everything good about it. And it's just so, so great to, to imagine that uh, uh, yeah. she. It's kind of symbolic that she chose planting trees at her school yeah. of what uh, she will do as a student here as, as a young person in her community. Right? They're going to walk in parallel as they both grow. Yeah, isn't that isn't that great? Well, Lauren, it's an absolute joy to talk with you. I, I, we need to get you back on to talk more about your school. There's still a lot of questions. Uh, thanks, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. And uh, God's blessings to you and all the all the students and staff and everybody there at uh, uh, St. John Vianney that you have a, a blessed and uh, productive new year. Oh, well, it is absolutely my pleasure to join you. Thank you so much for taking time to check in with the school. And uh, on behalf of Amy Hale, our principal, our entire staff, who worked tirelessly to support, love, and educate these students, I, it is my honor to share with you and the listeners about our, our beautiful campus and our very special school here at St. John Vianney. So thank you very much for having me. Oh, absolutely, Lauren. I hear nothing but good things about that school. So thanks for all you do, and we'll look forward to our paths crossing again. Sounds great. Thank you so hey, much. Thanks so much. That's Lauren Neff, who is the uh, uh, Advancement Director at St. John Vianney School in Rancho Cordova, uh, Catholic Schools Week coming up, uh, of course, at the end of the month of January. That's uh, We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, 
one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need you can uh, give them a call they will come pick it up as well but you can uh, give them a call they're at 916-972-1212 and remember again the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Hi, this is Brian Visitation, Director of Media and Communications for the Diocese of Sacramento. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thanks, Brian, for that wonderful introduction. We're pleased uh, to welcome in Lori Power, the Associate Superintendent of Schools here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Did I do something wrong? Do I have to meet with... <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you with us. Thanks, Bob. Nice to be here. The uh, New Year treating you well? It's going well so far. Four days in, we're yeah. doing well. I'm, everyone's healthy, so that's all we can ask, right? Yeah, we prayed for rain and we got rain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. I was on the East Coast for New Year's and it was like 60 degrees and you know, partly cloudy, sunny. Yeah. And I'm like, I think the, the coasts have gotten confused because well, we had the weather that California know. usually has and vice versa. I just saw a story about uh, Eastern Europe the other day and it said it said there were days like New Year's Day was like like July. It was in the high 60s, low 70s and they it's it's just crazy. like they're breaking records by 10, 15, 20 degrees, you know. It's all confused. And and we're just here in you know atmospheric rivers well we need it though we can't complain we're we, just no. like bring, yeah bring it on right yeah i mean fill up Folsom dam and shasta dam and oroville dam and yeah. don't overflow them but <laughs> fill them up fill them up we need it so badly i know yeah. so we're grateful so, for that so our great catholic schools mm -hmm. are we finally over 
the whole COVID thing? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. We came back to school yesterday. I was, we were all holding our breath thinking, okay, RSV, flu, COVID, everybody oh, stay out of the schools. Like, to stay a, home. A tr- tridemic or yeah, something? Don't, yeah, don't come into the schools. So, um, I, I mean, I hope so. You know, I think that we've learned a lot from all of that for sure. And the one good thing, I think that even the littlest of kids know the importance of washing their hands with soap. Yep. And I, I think, you know, I raised three kids and I try to do that with them for years after years and they still would never really quite understand yep. the importance. Why? But I think yeah. that now from what we went through for the past couple of years, kids really understand the importance of it. So it's just natural to them to wash their hands really well. So that's one good thing that's come out of it. Um, but you know, our schools are just, we have some you know, students that still want to wear masks to school, which of course they're welcome mm-hmm. to do that. Some teachers choose to, but the majority of our students are, you know, back to typical no mask. Um, yeah. You know, we're not doing social distancing. It's just it's it's the way you know, kind of norm, normal again. Normal. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's funny because you know people went from being most many people real, real, real cautious, and then one day it was it was just like it was a combination of it. It seemed like it had gone away, and we were just tired of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was a it was sort of a double whammy. Yeah. yeah. And now most, uh, most you know, you go into the grocery store, you'll see a few people with masks. Yeah. Um, but not very many. But we're getting more, you know, you keep, you know, you hear about these variants and subvariants oh. and all these, all these things. And it's like. Yeah. And just, I was reading something yesterday. They're talking about the tentacles of it. I'm like, oh, yeah. come on. Like, it's all this tentacles. drama. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the tentacles of COVID, you know, for the next strain. I'm like, oh, please. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're just grateful that hopefully, I think it's always going to be, I mean, I'm not a scientist for sure or a researcher, but I'm thinking it's just probably going to be around just like the flu is yep. and colds and RSV and everything else. We just have to learn to deal with it. And, RSV, yeah. yeah. Even, you know, I don't even know what they stand yeah. for anymore. Yeah. COVID uh, actually stood for something, didn't it? It did, yes. Because yeah, it was all capitalized. Yes, yes, yeah. I can't remember what it is. So I don't know. <laughs> it seems like it's it's been here forever, and you know, and it seems like it just happened. I can't believe it's been really three years since it, we yeah. started. Yeah, March, thirteenth. Yep. Of what? Twenty twenty. Was it twenty twenty? Yeah. 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 Friday the thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all remember it. Yeah, we do. And yeah. Then, you guys were open by Monday. We were <laughs> open online. Yes, we were. Our teachers were crazy that weekend to get ready and our principals, but we did it. So You know, I was I was just talking with uh, Lauren Neff, who is the advancement director mm-hmm. of St. John Vianney, and yeah. and she was saying re- reciting that story and I said, you know, it reminds me of the Mercy Sisters yeah. who came up the river from San Francisco on a Friday. And had a school open on Monday. Yeah. So you were just following the example of the Mercy Sisters. Right. We learned well from them, right? Yeah, yeah for indeed. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, you know, our, our, like I always say, our teachers and our principals are just remarkable. And yeah. it's never about them. It, they'll do whatever it takes to for the benefit of the children. So we're really blessed to have such an incredible team behind us. So we during COVID, we actually saw an uptick in enrollment in catholic yeah schools. for sure yes um gosh i don't know the exact percentage i forget now but i think it was about five or six percent increase uh-huh. we had um or maybe even closer to 10 I, i'm sorry I, I don't remember exactly but definitely an increase in enrollment um a lot of parents wanted their kids in school and so they enrolled them in our catholic schools the ones that had openings and mm-hmm. we haven't lost them any of them they it's amazing yeah they are so grateful and now they wish they did it 
sooner than sooner. they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we actually had a story in the Catholic Herald yeah. about a, a little boy who lives directly across the street from us. Oh, that the little guy Davis, yeah, the one yeah, who's yeah, going to become uh, Catholic. Yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. Ricky Traceder. Yeah. In, fact, in fact, it was one day about it was a few months ago, and we're just on a, a little street, just in a neighborhood, yeah. and, and there were a whole bunch of cars on the street. And uh, uh, one of the cars was uh, Ricky's grandpa, and uh, who I happened to know. And, and I, I said, so what's going on here, you guys? It's somebody's birthday? He says, no, Ricky's getting baptized into the Catholic Church today. And I went, what? You know, it was like, I, I knew he was going to St. James. Yeah. And, uh, um, and all just kind of all on his own. Just, How special. Yeah, it's a really, really special story. That's so, lovely. Yeah. A, a wonderful family, and he's got a... a a little brother and a little sister and uh, yeah just really cute kids and great neighbors you know but it was just like wow and there that opened the catholic herald and there's there ricky is. well yeah. that that is reason to celebrate isn't it yeah, that it a sure little is. a child is, has that intention to do that yeah, yeah that's yeah. great so Catholic Schools Week is coming up at the end of the month. Yep, it always begins on the last Sunday of January, so um, a few more weeks, but our schools are already preparing for that, and most of them start with an open house on that Sunday. They mm-hmm. have a school mass and an open house. Others do differently um, as yeah. far as having an open house during the you know the week or whatever, but the majority of them do it on that Sunday. And then every day there's a different theme. Every school chooses, well, we have a theme, but every school chooses different things to represent um, right. in the days of the week and there's always a you know vocations day and a service day where they go out and they do community service and you know student appreciation day you know the typical things yeah. um which is wonderful the kids love it the teachers love it the principals love it um it's an exhausting week though yeah. but it's fun yeah. so what are the challenges for catholic education these days i think the number one challenge is still uh people being able to afford afford yeah i think for sure um you know, when I look at private schools or, you know, our costs are so much less. Yeah. Um, it still costs a lot to educate a student, but sure. because we are always so mindful of not burdening parents more than we we want to, um, we keep our the tuition rates, you know, as, as minimal as possible. And then there's always a, you know, an, an extra balance between that right. what it really costs to educate the student. But... Um, Definitely, I think a lot of families don't choose Catholic education because they can't afford it or they think that they can't afford it because our schools all have financial aid and we work with families and, you know, through um, extenuating circumstances. And so I think that, you know, we always ask parents, just, you know, talk to the principal, see see what we can do. So um, we always encourage that for sure. But I think that's the number one. Well, you you see the you know how much per pupil it costs in the public schools mm-hmm. to educate a kid, and your tuition is less than that. Oh my gosh, way well, less. Than yeah, that. yeah. Traditionally, our schools it costs maybe about eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars to educate a student, and our tuition is usually about six, somewhere right. high five six thousand. But public schools is like fourteen thousand yeah, dollars to that, educate a student. So we edu- read, yeah. we educate them for eight thousand, and we do a darn good job of educating them. So yeah. we um, we're very proud of that, of course. So yeah, I just think we should, you know, yeah, we I remember celebrate re- that. Reading that. it was a couple months ago, and I, and I read the fourteen thousand mm-hmm. figure, and I said, well, wow, that's you know, it's it's your tuition's way less than that. Yeah, so much less. Yeah. So. 
Does, what percentage of your operating budget comes from tuition? Oh, the majority of the majority it. majority. Yeah, of. for sure. Yeah, I've 90, 90%. Yeah, okay. yeah, the, for sure, the majority of it. And then fundraisers Fund, pick up the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is fundraising more prominent at the high school level, at the Catholic high schools, than it is at the elementary school? Well, not level? only more prominent, they make a lot more money yeah. in their fundraisers <laughs> than the elementary I, schools. A lot more I money. I remember yeah, being at the Jesuit auction one oh, time. Yeah. Yeah, and incredible. I was astounded. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah, yes, for yeah. sure. Um, but our our elementary schools do you know, everything they can, and and we don't want to keep nickel and diming parents, and that's what yeah. we we always make sure that like that that is promoted as such. Like we don't want to keep parents, you know, more money, more right. money. Like reach out to the grandparents, ask the neighbors, you know, to buy the raffle tickets. Or, like do more than just keep asking the parents right. for more money because that's difficult. So difficult. We don't want to do that. So what percentage of, uh, you may, may know or may know, you probably do, of, of the Catholic elementary school students are, are able to go on to a Catholic high school? So 99.999% of the students that apply to Catholic high school from our schools get accepted. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, even some years it's 100%. It's right. just there's some times where there's some issues that they can't. But... Um, the majority of the kids that apply to Catholic high schools g- go to Catholic high schools right, right. because that was their intent. Parents know from right the get the go bat, yeah. what it's going to cost, and you know, and and we'll try to make those sacrifices to do so. Um, so I don't know the exact percentage of you know which ones actually end up not going because of finances, right. but. Um, our, our high schools do a great job working yeah. with families. And high schools are more expensive. Oh, yes. They yeah. have to be. Though. Yeah. Oh, well, look at the programs they offer yeah. and the amount of teaching staff and the huge campuses that they have to, you know, keep up with and the facilities. And yeah, yeah it's a different. different so is, is, is there any, do our schools get any federal or state money in any way? Mm-mm, no. Not at all. No. We get some title monies, which is um, through, our, through the county. Which mm-hmm. I guess is then through the state, but um, and that's for like teacher development, and mm-hmm. it's for Title One for you know st- students, some student services. We have some Title Three money we for safety, um, so we do get some title monies like that, mm-hmm. but we don't do like we aren't involved in federal programming right, at all. Right. Yeah, yeah. Are there any strings that it comes with any of that? Not with the title monies. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, and that's They're why just we're there to serve the students. Like, mm-hmm. is that involved like school lunches and things like oh, that? Oh, yeah. Um, we we do well not really no that would be a federal program that would okay um, yeah so and we're really hesitant and careful of what we accept because there are strings attached and so we know that there are certain limits to what we can accept because we don't want to be bound to Our having kids to say will what eat tuna on Friday or or not so much what they're going to eat <laughs> tuna right or fish sticks no it, just like what we need to accept and then. You know, yeah. put into our schools or yeah. share, make our, share with our students and things like that. So yeah. we're we're kind of careful with all that. Yeah. So it's you're on your own. Yeah, we are on our own. Yeah, yeah we are. We're yeah, we're like an independent contractor. That's what yeah. the principals are like. They just they run their own budget and they run a gigantic. You know, they're CEOs of their businesses. So yeah, but with no strings, it's 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 great. And mm-hmm. you know, it's it's 
Catholic education is there. There's so many facets to it that are so. You know, every every time you 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 read some bio of somebody, in I don't know, in government or mm-hmm. politics or you know somebody who's mm-hmm. just named a CEO somewhere, and and you start looking at it and you go all the way back to the elementary school and the high school and invariably it's a catholic school it's a great a great foundation for students for sure yeah Yeah, for sure so how do how do kids and i know they're welcome how do kids who aren't catholic how do how do they get integrated into a catholic school whether it's elementary or or a a jesuit or christian brothers or um, saint francis or Cristo ray yes so all of our schools have non-catholic students and they're welcome with open arms um you know like when i was principal we welcomed a lot of not a lot but there was quite a number of non-Catholic students and families and who wanted to come for various reasons. Um, And I would just let them know that, you know, of course they're welcome, but their students would be, you know, learning the the Catholic faith and would be expected to go to school mass with us and, you know, learn the prayers and all that. And parents were inevitably always hundred percent. Absolutely. We, we know what we're signing up for. Um, And every year we always had a few families that would, you know, decide to join the RCIA and become Catholic because yeah. they saw the beauty of the faith sure. and, and fell in love with it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we welcome students, you know, all the time from various, you know, faiths. When I was principal, we had Muslims, we had some, um, Mormons, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, you know, Protestant faiths yeah. as well, but very, very different. And then some, some that were just non-believers at all that we you know did our best to evangelize for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the thing I liked, my, my two oldest kids went to St. James and Davis, and uh, I, I liked that it, it was just a, a family atmosphere. And, and not that, that that's not possible at a, at a public school, but it's harder um, because, I mean, the principal would feel completely comfortable picking up the phone and, and calling and saying whether it was something good or something, uh, an issue with one of the kids that that they might not feel um, entitled or empowered to do that at a public school. Yeah, and our public schools are great. I mean, they've they have so many challenges that we don't have in Catholic yeah. schools. Um, but you're right; our Catholic schools are definitely family communities. Right. And I chair a lot of accreditations mm-hmm. um, visits outside of our diocese, mm-hmm. and I've been doing that for maybe like 15 years now. And every visit that I chair in a different school in a different diocese and I meet with the parents every one of them always it's like it's a secret this is the most beautiful family atmosphere uh-huh. we feel like a family our school this is amazing you know we all know each other the kids know each other everybody knows each other like I could pick up anybody's student and we're all comfortable with, with each other we're just like one big family through thick and thin mm-hmm. every single school and I always want to say it's not just your school, but they yeah. think it is. They think yeah, they're sure. so they're so special because they have this wonderful yep. family feeling, which is wonderful, uh, amazing. But it's just replicated in, in all of our schools. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's and I know that because I was a parent of you know my our kids went to Catholic school as well, and then I you know worked in Catholic schools, and I hundred percent believe that. I know it. I felt it. Yeah. We still have lifelong friends that sure. we met from when our oldest, who's now 38, when he was in kindergarten, they're still our, you know, dearest friends who yeah. we raised our kids with. And now we all have grandkids together. And, you know, it is, it's definitely a big family. Yeah. I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember my, my oldest daughter, um, 
they with with Christmas coming coming at St. James, they would have the the quote unquote children's mass mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, usually four thirty, and the, this year it was four o'clock. But and my daughter, as she got into fifth sixth grade, she loved to sing, and the, and there were there was a great choir teacher there, and and who I saw on Christmas Eve this year, you know, much older than she was then, yeah. but you know, and I'm much older than I was then, and. But a couple of Christmases ago, um, we went, and and when she was at St. James, at the end of Mass, the the St. James Choir would perform, but then at the end of the Mass, one kid got to sing O Holy Night. My favorite Christmas song. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that and Oh Come All You Faithful When You Walk In, Mm -hmm. I just start crying. But but, so it was between her and this girl named Renee. You still remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they were, they were rivals, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, 11, 12-year-old little girls, you know, but mm-hmm. they're, you know, they've got their egos and everything. Yeah. And Renee got it. And my daughter could do the perfect imitation of Renee's voice, <laughs> you know, just yeah. having kind of fun, yeah. you yeah. know. And so we, we went to that mass when we're talking a number of years ago and renee sang oh holy night so a couple of years ago my daughter who now has two daughters of her own came to christmas eve mass with us at saint james and same thing the choir Mm -hmm. the whole deal and then somebody gets up to sing oh holy night but it's not a student it's an adult and from the first note, my daughter and I caught our eyes. We said, that's, that's Renee. Seriously? And it was. Seriously. Now living in Nashville and is a performer. And it was just like, oh, my goodness, this is unbelievable, you know. And <laughs> Well, your daughter course, shouldn't feel too badly then no. if, if she now is a, a, a professional, so we, right? So we, uh, and I wouldn't have recognized her, yeah. but the voice was was unmistakable oh my her 12-year-old voice she still had it wow. you know and 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 of course we went up afterwards yeah. and we all laughed about the the rivalry in the yeah. old days and everything but i just thought it was just mind-boggling god has a sense of humor yes yeah i, I would ask if your daughter tripped her but i won't ask no, that she didn't. question <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny well yeah. yeah that is something isn't it yeah yeah and i, I don't know because this year they had a they had a student singing mm-hmm. Oh Holy Night, yeah. uh, but for some reason that <laughs> I think it was two years ago. Wow, it was just really may, maybe three because of COVID. Yeah. But so anyway, <laughs> that's a great story. Yeah, but only in Catholic schools yeah. would you have that experience. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, and they taught my daughter how to deal with it. <laughs> yes, although she probably still is holding a little grudge, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's 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 interesting stuff. So, um, you were telling me before before you went on there, you've got some religion competition coming up. Yeah. So next week we have our annual. We call it "Let the Children Come to Me," and mm-hmm. it's our annual religion competition for fifth, fifth and sixth graders. So we'll are having we'll be having that at uh, Saint John Evangelist School. They're going to host it mm-hmm. for us. So we have schools coming, and they're going to compete. And it's a, it's the same format as our academic decathlon. Uh-huh. They take an individual test. They do a team um, activity together, where it's a team 
um, kind of a team test, and then we do a super quiz, and then we. Uh, this is award. all in person. Yeah, it's in person again. Wow. Yeah, and then we you know have awards and all that stuff, and and the really cool thing about this event is that we have. Every team has alternates or can have alternates. You know, the kids you know, hope somebody gets sick so they can then step in that day. Yeah. So we used to have the alternates. They, they were more than welcome to come to the event. And a lot of them would come and they would just sit in the stands and watch the whole thing. And then one of our principals about probably six or seven years ago had this great idea. She said, Lori, why don't we let the alternates just like participate but not like really compete but just like let them do uh-huh. it. Like uh-huh. I was like, oh my gosh, why haven't we – why haven't we thought of that before? Yeah. So now we have alternates tables. So they actually take the individual tests also. I have a special category for an alternates category where we do first, second, and third place uh, for the alternates. And then they get to do the team activity and do the super quiz also. So it's fun. It's everybody, every child that wants to participate gets to participate in the event that day. Wow. So... So what kind of questions are we talking about? Oh, I can't tell you. No, oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's all, um, so it's fifth and sixth grade religion standards. And then I, it's like parts of the mass. It's, you know, the Holy Rosary, it's um, sacraments, it's liturgical calendar, um, virtues, uh, scriptures, parables. It's just a bunch of different, a bunch of different things. And then um, I make all the questions up and then. We have just this great competition, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I remember a few years ago the the Catholic Channel, which is on Sirius mm-hmm. Satellite Radio, out of New York, and they had they had about five of us doing a just for fun, uh, and and but we were all hooked up by phone. Yeah, and and I was the only one in California. And it was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna ask these questions. Like, what are the seven deadly sins? You know, and yeah. I, I don't know how you got to be the first one to yeah. answer, but but somehow we we figured that all out. And I know everybody was cheating. Everybody was going online <laughs> as, soon, as soon as it got asked. But it was hysterical, and it was also um, humiliating to know how much you didn't know. I know. You know, like know. oh, let's see, seven deadly sins. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's not one of the questions we ask, but yeah. uh, we there are a lot of questions that I'm like, I in fact, when I'm putting in the answer to make sure that I have the answer key correct, I'm like, oh, is that right? Like, that I right? think yeah. I know that that's what the answer was, but I go back and double check because you start doubting yourself, you know, yeah. like, yeah. is it four parts of the mass or three parts of the mass? You know, <laughs> like things like that. So, um, but no, it's it's a great competition and the kids are really smart and and they love, it's fun for them to be able to brag about how much they know about their faith. Yeah. So that's another good reason for Catholic schools to come to Catholic schools. Absolutely. Yeah. And then in March, Mm -hmm. early March, Mm -hmm. um, I'm a little nervous about this. Oh, don't don't be nervous. I'll make sure you can phonetically say all of the questions and answers. (laughs) See, there you go. Phonetically should be spelled with an F. (laughs) <laughs> How do you have a word that's an oxymoron all by itself? <laughs> you know, this is true. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. crazy. So what's what's happening? So on March 4th, um, we are having our annual academic decathlon for our junior high students. And it is just a, the and biggest. This is national, big, right? Yes, we t- it's national. Um, I'm part of the executive committee where we've t- this year we have 270 schools participating all across the country um oh, 270 mm-hmm. 
Wow. Yes. So we have diocesan participation. So we have our diocese. Of course, we have our own. We'll have our own in-person event. Then we have a lot of independent. We call it the independent leagues. We have schools mm-hmm. from all over that don't have a diocese that's that has at least like ten schools right. wanting right. to do it. So they're part of this independent league. So they're doing it all online. We have it all taken care of. So they're doing that online. So it's a it's a big deal. But. Um, so then you're going Bob is referring to he's going to be the MC for our super quiz which is brings in like a thousand people to the event and it's just oh, a wow. lot of fun and no pressure Bob. Um, <laughs> so it's a, it's just a great it's incredible. It's just it's like a like a championship basketball game yeah. like a high school or like you know holy court or yeah. holy bowl yeah. it's it's that type of atmosphere but it's for academics for junior high kids wow. it's really a lot of fun yeah and it'll be a jesuit it's gonna be a jesuit high school yeah we alternate between the three high schools mm-hmm. our catholic through catholic high schools here um every year so it's jesuit this year wow so what age group are we talking about six seventh and eight six seventh mm-hmm. and eight yeah yeah so it's great each team has 10 students that participate and uh, they start off with a logic quiz which is a team activity which i have the answers to mm-hmm. i can't even figure out how to do the problems with the answers <laughs> and I, i'm not even joking i'm like i don't even know how they would get to this answer yeah. it's very logical and these kids they're rock stars it's, it's just amazing so they do that as a team and then we have eight individual subject tests that the kids take um and then we do the super quiz so it's it's a Big so deal. what's the different? What's the, how does the super quiz work? So the super quiz is based on five different categories, and there's ten questions in each of the categories. And the kids study. There's books they're they're reading, um, study guides they're working with, and so the the team decides on an answer. So you will ask a question, give five possible answers, and the kids decide is it A, B, C, D, or E, and then we say answers please, and then the team captain holds up the letter that they say that they think is the correct answer. And so we do that for 50 questions. Um, it's a lot of fun. Do they have to answer in the form of a question? No, it's not. It's not, not Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> not Jeopardy. No, they just they don't even say anything. They just hold up their letter. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I tell them if they're right or wrong. You tell them if they're right? No, and no, you just give them the right answer. I just give them the yeah, right answer. Yeah, because we have a lot of teams. So you're, you're just saying the correct answer is... A, it's, whatever. It's probably, uh, I'll look at it and go, could that possibly be the right answer? <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. So if, really if, if you or I just took this cold, mm-hmm. this test cold, would, would, would most of the answers be obvious to us or? Well, um, no, 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 not at all. Um, for the individual tests, for like the English test and the math test, if you were a math student or you know a really good math student or an english yeah. student or you probably could do okay mm-hmm. on it but like our social studies you know is based on a book and science is based on a book and religion is based on a book that they've read so it's you you couldn't come in cold and yeah. do well yeah. for so sure how do, they, how do they prep for this so we have um study guides that give to all of them on all the different books that they're supposed to read with questions and practice tests and all kinds of stuff it's it's a we've been working we we start working on it like the second like the second week of third week of march for the next year it's it's a lot of yeah it's it's a big deal for sure it takes a lot of a lot of work a lot of preparation 270 that is just this is the biggest ever this is the biggest ever yeah we're really excited really excited we have schools from georgia and uh, maine vermont uh south carolina Wow, Texas, South Dakota, 
Virginia. Yeah, Everywhere. all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. It's great. We got to well, uh, we went to um, the Catholic Leadership Summit, which was in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, mm-hmm. and so we got to speak to all the superintendents because a lot of the superintendents yeah. from all over go to yeah. that. So we got to give our little my colleague from San Diego and I we got to give like a little song and dance routine and you know tell them all about it. And so we had a lot of them sign up, sign the dioceses up after that. So that was that was great to be in person, be able to share the sure. excitement with them and. And you know, wow. encourage them. So, if you maxed out and had everybody, how many? How many would that be? A thousand or schools? Yeah. Oh gosh, tens of thousands tens of schools. Of thousands. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Maybe I'm exaggerating. I don't even know. But lots, yeah. lots, lots, lots. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, just the Archdiocese of LA has 260 oh, well, elementary true. schools. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just LA. So I'm thinking. I'm trying to you know estimate here, but yeah, yeah, yeah so. probably. Yeah, probably thousands and thousands. Yeah. 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 Wow. (laughs) Lots. Lots. Well, Lori, thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for all you do. Thanks. for I know the great work that you do. I hear it all the time. Well, thank you. Bob. Thanks for having our speech uh, competitors in here giving their speeches. Thank you. They come in here. I I, I tell my wife, Shelly, I I say, I'm so looking forward to today because all these kids are going to come into the room. And their parents are going to be out there, and they're going to be taking their pictures, mm-hmm. and and they just and they are, and they don't they don't read their speeches; they just give them. And yeah. I'm going, wow, yeah, and just flawlessly. And the, the thing that I really liked it was it was, um, you give them a prompt, mm-hmm. and then they write their their speech right. on that. All I think we had six or seven kids that day. Not a single one of them sounded even remotely like the other ones they all took a completely different tact yeah which was just showed you how creative they they all were yeah very individual yeah yeah and a lot of from personal experiences too yeah. what they what they rely on yeah it was great but thank yeah. you for having them then we'll have our religion team on yes. with you too as soon as we have the winner next week from that we'll have them in here and they'll, very good. they'll give you some of those questions bob okay. see how well you do I'll see how i do <laughs> Great. Thanks, Lori. Okay, thank you, Bob. Yeah, have a very uh, holy and productive New Year. Thank you. You too. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. Is moving.